Welcome to the third Amazing Race Canada recap episode of the UR Team Number podcast. My name is Michael Harmstone and joining me, as always, is our birthday boy, the Canadian who, it's fair to say, I've spoken to several times, several times, several, Logan Saunders. Evening. You can tweet us, as always, using... Ahem, ahem. Who is that? Why, it is the uh, other Australian who is a member of this podcast. Our second favourite Australian. <laughs> yes, that one. It's our Australian intern, Ben Powell. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy. Ben has decided to join us this week. Yay. Woo. It was, until about 20 minutes ago, a surprise appearance for us as well. He stole yeah, my just, thunder. Today was I my just, day, and then he just comes in here, and he ruins everything. Oh, those bloody Australians. Okay, it was your birthday. You know what I had to do? I just had, I just showed up. He brought Alan Wu's cake for you. Despite the fact we might have dropped it. Oh, 16 canned woos? <laughs> yes, <laughs> 16 canned woos. As always, you can tweet us using the hashtag Yattencast or email us at yattencast at gmail.com. So, previously 11 teams flew to Santiago in Chile. At the roadblock, one team member soared while the detour saw teams bear it all to continue, which was too much for Hamilton and Michaela, and they used their newly acquired express pass to secure the leg win. Dana and Amanda climbed down three places after they climbed up to the pit stop, and Gino and Jesse were the worst, and still are the worst, only to be saved by Susan and Shanjeet's immense kindness to keep them in the race, which did eliminate the correctional officers. They had to throw in a Canadian music reference into that previously on segment. To say that teams uh, decided to fly like a bird was an intentional reference to Nelly Furtado. Like, that was deliberate. She is Canadian. She's from Vancouver. She's a, a Portuguese descent, but yeah, she was pretty much born and raised here in Vancouver. She, like, cleaned up at the Juno Awards with the Fly Like a Bird. Feel free to Wikipedia that and uh, verify it. Ah, the Juno, the Juno Awards, where the top prize is the uh, Honest to Blog Award. The top prize is one month's free Tim Hortons. That's how Canada works. Yeah, they just get gift cards on stage instead of any sort of Oscar or Grammy. Congratulations on your reward. Here's a $50 Tim Hortons card. <laughs> I just thought they were sort of being slightly offensive about the native dress that they had to wear for the dance. <laughs> That's why I completely ignored it in my recap. And teams must now fly to Buenos Aires in Argentina and find the Plaza Canada to find their next clue. Once they learn the story of the totem that resides there, they have $250 American for this leg of the race. That BMO cash card must be the longest name for a cash card or any promotional thing I've seen on The Amazing Race. What do they call it? The, the BMO Cashback World Elite MasterCard. That just rolls off your tongue. And my favourite thing is that Dana and Cynthia are insistent upon mentioning it every time. Maybe it's to force them getting airtime. I'm sure that's completely intentional on their part that they wanted to name the card in which they were using. It's the only way that the police make revenue, I guess. What's it called again? What's the full name for it? BMO Cashback World Elite MasterCard. Ding! Alright. <laughs> please sponsor us, Bebo, please. We've even spent money on the podcast now. Yeah, don't be like those jackasses at uh, Scotiabank who ignored us all last season. Despite the fact that as when we were in Vancouver and I walked past the Scotiabank with a massive invasive race advert, I was like, Logan, look! Look! Look, it's Scotiabank! So Hamilton and Kayla were first to depart at 3.46am, 
It's Brandon Sinter at 4.37, Nick and Matt at 4.38, Nick and Sabrina at 5.06, or Nick and Matt according to the graphics when they got their uh, pit stop clue today. So it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a contest between Hamilton, Michaela and Brian and Cynthia. Oh no, there was nearly an hour between them. Just like I'm waiting for the start times next week to prove that Nick and Sabrina were more than half an hour ahead of Brian and Cynthia, because that will have happened. Tijan and Leilani at 5.13, Neil and Kristen at 5.33, Daniel and Amanda at 5.34, Brenton Sean 5.37, Simeon Opie at 5.57, and the worst departing in last, yay, at 6.07. Um, so Gino and Jesse, uh, despite the edit that was suggested at the end of last week, were really pretty close behind the other teams despite their mistake. Oh, yeah. So And and, you're, and also understand that now that I'm here, you now have opposition to your uh, Gino and Jesse are the worst state of mind, don't you? I do, and that, that's why you're our intern, and we can have our Malaysian intern back next week. Sorry, who hosted entire season as podcast and an interview? Who's <laughs> mm. the only person mm. other than me to host an entire season? Mm. Who did the Cat and Jesse interview that is now available on our iTunes feed? That's right. Who who rigs every Oscar night? We do. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a Simpsons reference there. Actually, yes, since I've seen that, I can't even remember anymore. And, of course, hometown advantage, Sabrina's family live in Buenos Aires. A hometown advantage in a foreign country? I was not expecting that on The Amazing Race Canada. I know. It was very Tammy Victor-like of uh, Sabrina to bring this up. Yeah, but it didn't really help. Yeah, like it didn't help Laura and Jackie last season. Who? The people's favourite team. The one that got number one in Ben's poll. Didn't you know that? And James Stutzy's favourites, if I'm not mistaken. We don't mention him. Not after your spat with him, Logan. (laughs) So... We get all the departure times again. Yay, thank you to CTV. That is one thing that I love about this season already. We've had two weeks and two sets of departure times. Everyone knows it winds me up. And you know what else we love is endless talk about the Express Pass to start up the episode. But at least we get a Dave O'Leary reference. Yes, give it to the older guy. The older guy deserves the Express Pass. Neil and Kristen want the Express Pass because Neil is old and can't run as fast. If Hamilton and Michaela don't give it to them, then that is rude. And inappropriate. So, Gino and Jesse and Simeon Opie are both taken to the Canadian Embassy. When in doubt, be taken to the Embassy. When in doubt, Plaza du Canada. Yeah, were they just trying to reference the Plaza du Canada from last season? Yeah, that was pretty blatant. Uh, It was pretty much the exact same name. Just, you know, you just switch out French for Spanish, and boom, you got a Canadian connection, because... We still have so many viewers that want to see the direct Canadian connection between other countries around the world. We have a connection. A connection, yes. Point that, sounds like a heart, that's a, that sounds like a, a heart, like heart problem or something. I've got a terrible case of the connections. <laughs> it's making me walk funny. So once teams find the totem at Plaza Canada, they must head to Barrio La Boca to find the next clue, which is a roadblock. And in this roadblock, one team member must search for three kiosks, pick up mark packs of Mentos gum and candy, and use the letter stamps on them to spell out the names of four famous Argentinians from the clues provided. Ava Peron, Pope Francis, Diego Maradona, and Carlos Gardel to receive their next clue. Pert is not included. And another French reference, because the Mentos task was in the one of the French legs last year, and here we are, we're getting it here in Argentina. This Mentos task was a lot less difficult, though. Yes. Unless you confuse your P's and your D's. <laughs> oh. Roll on the dick jokes. Oh, oh my god. You were, you, were, you guys are inappropriate. <laughs> I don't, this is why I don't, this is why I don't hang out with you anymore. This is why I, this is why I spend all my time with the rock, well, Do you not remember the Rivada task from Big Brother Canada? 
<laughs> when we just spent half an hour making D jokes. It's back. Especially when they caption Sabrina saying, oh my god, is that a D? <laughs> and when she says she can't find any Ds, and she's looking for three Ds, and when Simi says similar sort of things as well. Maybe Sabrina was looking for a 3DS. Maybe, yeah, maybe Sabrina was just looking for a 3DS and she couldn't get it. Yes, but Logan, yeah, Logan, uh, Sabrina is older than 617. <laughs> maybe Sabrina can become the second racer who will add us on uh, Nintendo Network after our success with Mikey Zero. Possibly. So Sabrina, Neil, Cynthia, Nick, Dana, Dijon, Brent, Hamilton, Gino, and Simi did this Roblox? English. 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 No Argentinian Spanish for Sabrina. Oh man, I can't believe Dana just screamed English in the street. It was such a it was such a good throwback to last season with Amazing Race twenty six with Matt going through Thailand screaming Metal Castle, Metal Castle, Jackal, Jackal. And also, and also there is, and also the um, Dana Manor's successful interrogation of the Perth shop owner. Uh, so yeah, Dana, as Ben said, Dana and Nick decide to search a lady's purses for their Mentos, despite the fact they would be marked very obviously. It's not a treasure hunt. Was it marked very obviously? Well, they were on tables at least. They might have been at the back of the store, but they were at least on like red and yellow tables, or tables with red and yellow markers. They weren't in in purses. No, they weren't like one pack inside each person. You got to find five packs. Yeah, who wants a, who wants a Mentos out of the bottom of a purse anyway? It's like I mean, like I don't An know. There's gonna, like, there's gonna be like smudges of lipstick on there. There's gonna be like lots of dust. Maybe next year they'll uh, they'll have to search for Mentos at the back of a sofa or something. And you accidentally bite into a accidentally bite into a nickel or whatever, whatever current, whatever wacky currency they have in, in Canada. What are they, rupees or something? Rupees or something? Yeah, we're still in the rupee system, especially because. We're we're or we're in the process of switching over to the rupee because right now the Canadian dollar is seventy seven cents compared to the American dollar, so our currency is pretty much worthless. So we uh, hit up our connections in India and we are switching over to the rupee. Um, you know the high Rulian currency is just you know it's it's really strong right now. You know so we're, we're just yeah we're just you know it's. It's, it's going to be a tra- tough transition, but we're going to make it. At least to be, at least to be set. Whenever the, um, you know, when India and Canada merge into one country, Indiana, Indiana, that's a state. Thought you were going to say when Canada and Hyrule merged. Once again, Michael, I am above seventeen years of age. Uh, so Brian and Cynthia lose their chance to get the second express pass by shooting down Hamilton's request for help. <laughs> that was the best part, probably, of the episode. Is that Hamilton Michaela's whole strategy? is to try and make teams sucked up to them. And they're about to give the express pass to Brian and Cynthia. And Cynthia essentially just screams F you to them and doesn't care about their express pass. Isn't that like the universal express double express pass strategy? Unless you're like Emily and Jono. <laughs> and Dana knew it was Pope, at least. She could get the, guess the four-letter word, not the seven-letter one. Did you guys actually know the, know the answers to any of the questions? I knew three. I knew Ava Perone and Pope Francis, that's all. Yeah, those were the two I knew as well. I knew Maradona because, you know, English football history. Maradona's hand of God cheating. 1986, I think. No idea who Carlos Gardel was. I think you just said a bunch of gibberish. I think that was a bunch of gibberish, Michael. In Australia versus New Zealand's visit to Buenos Aires, they did have um, a reference to Maradona as well. Oh, yeah. If you remember. Oh, yeah, they, um, the, the, like, uh, one where that's like, I don't remember it, sorry. (laughs) They had to search through his biography, I think it was, and tell a Maradona impersonator a fact about him. And to quote Simi, where's my D? Come on. Yes. 
Did anyone notice what Hamilton's nickname was? Nope. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> one find during the roadblock, uh, Michaela called him Hamster. Aww. So what would Michaela's nickname be? Hey, Mickey, you're so fine. I was thinking that as well. Yeah, probably Mickey. And once teams complete the roadblock, they must make their way to Football Madero to find the next clue, which is an active route info that honestly had a lot of potential and kind of didn't work that well. It worked pretty. I, it worked pretty well. Like you know, I mean, we got to see several twentieth attempts. Yeah, wasn't weren't Brent and Sean up to like twenty seven by the time they scored? It was something ridiculous. Yeah, so it was very it was very sucky on all their behalves. Yeah, so the active route info was blind football. Teams have one minute to work together with one of them acting as a coach and one acting as a player to dribble the ball between a set of cones and score a goal whilst the player is blindfolded. Once they've scored in less than a minute, they receive their next clue. Or in the case of one team, just, you know, quit. I thought that Nick and Sabrina, they just get blindfolded each other on a soccer pitch just for fun in their personal lives. Oh, those wacky Italians. Yeah, isn't that pretty much like four play to them or something? <laughs> No, the wacky Italian's the one we're talking to at the moment, Ben. <laughs> I don't get it. Logan is Italian-Canadian. Part of his nickname is Wacky. Oh, well. oh, I didn't know Saunders was Italian. Yeah, it's my father's father. who He, he contaminated the, the bloodline. His family ran from the mafia. It's like my favourite story about his family. <laughs> well, no, that part's exaggerated, but... The confessionals were completely unsubtle with... Regards to Nick Fiveholding as well. It was like so unbelievably obvious that it was going to happen. Oh, it's a football challenge. This is what I've been waiting for. To be fair, it's kind of hard to play soccer without your eyes. Yeah. I, I actually, I was, um, I made this, I made this comparison. I've actually, I'm actually like rewatching the second season right now. And I made this comparison like, um, when you're, when you're a professional player of, of a sport or, when you're a professional player of sport or hockey, whatever the sport is, when you're trying to do something in a certain way, it gets very hard to deviate from that. Like how, you know, how uh, Natalie and Natalie and Megan last season, they, you know, obviously, I'm not sure if they, I'm not sure about hockey. I don't play hockey, obviously, because it's, you know, Australia. I'm pretty sure they're not trained to aim for that certain spot in the, fi- they're not trying to aim for the five hole, I don't think, or at least not a cardboard car of a five hole. But so, so they have a certain training thing they do in, you know, and so that's why it took them 50 tries to do it. Whereas compared to the teams like Suki and Jinder who have never, ever played hockey in their life and don't know if, if they're left or right-handed or not, they pick it up, they pick it up alongside the normal stuff so they get it quicker. Whereas Nick, Nick, Nick being a professional player, he has trained to play a certain way, which is not blindfolded. Not blind, not, not blindfolded slowly, at least. Yeah, you would think that the, with Natalie and Megan, they wouldn't have been taught to try and get it between the goalie's legs because that would be, you know, a stupid tactic. Very unlikely to work. Also very likely to hurt them. To hurt them in a place you won't get hurt. And also, I was under the impression that blind football, they use a football that has a bell in it so you can hear it. Yeah, but that's not much of fun, is it? <laughs> True, but, you know, that's kind of added difficulty if they make them use a normal football for it. Exactly. And for the first time all season, Neil and Kristen actually complete a task first. Yeah, Ten, um, we... two, three, two. Bingo. You sunk my battleship. You sunk my scrabble ship. Yeah, we all guessed that they were going to finish first in this leg this week, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mark Carroll's already mocked me for our predictions, and I was like, listen, I got seven points this week. I'm very proud. But who's winning? Are either of you two winning? Michelle is now winning. 
Of course she is. And for the second week on the chart, Logan and I are both in third place, because we both scored seven points this week. Are we sure to hit you up for your future predictions once Max and Elias win the season? Oh, shut up. <laughs> hey, I haven't, had the, I haven't had the chance to mock you about that yet. I was led astray by a Mr. Saunders. They would not have been my win prediction hadn't had Logan not been so high on them, probably. They would have been the best characters ever. But stupid James Duffy made a guy with dyslexia do a reading task. Ridiculous. You know what they say about assuming. Uh, we can just blame James Duffy. No, that's not, that's, that's not what they say about assuming at all. Where did you get that, yeah. Michael? What kind of sick country do you come from where that's the answer to your things? God. <laughs> Yeah, there's just a a picture of James Duffy with a red circle on his face with a line through it. <laughs> the roadblock symbol. I believe the roadblock hint for leg one was who wants to actually meet James Duffy. <laughs> That's why they had to change it to who's feeling sporty. They had to change it post production when nobody actually when they had to be a huge fight over who wanted to meet James Duffy because neither of them did. Side note, I have no idea who James Duffy is, by the way, so... Nick and Matt did rock, paper, scissors for who wouldn't have to do uh, a roadblock involving James Duffy. <laughs> Slogan's birthday podcast, we've got to join in his mocking of James Duffy. Yeah, Nick definitely lost that rock, paper, scissors battle, by the way. That's why they didn't even do rock, paper, scissors this week, just so uh, Nick had a fair shot to do a task for once. Yeah, I have a I have an entire list of uh of James Duffy jokes here. Ha 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 ha! Isn't that, that James Duffy is so fat? He's he has his own postcode. Ha 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 ha! Yo, Duffy's so fat. Uh, so Neil and Kristen are the first to leave the roadblock, and Nick and Sabrina leave in second. Three, ten, with a two-hour penalty. Ten. What? The two-hour penalty they took? Why would they do that? Do you agree with their penalty taking, or would you have stuck it out? I don't think that the penalty should be that lo- should be that long. I think it should be longer. Like it's a tar- it's a part of the t- it's a part of the race that everyone needs to do. Like every you know racer needs to participate in. It should be a longer penalty. Yeah, like but- not. I'm thinking like at least eight hours. I mean, t- logistically, you know, that's not that's like you know basically the first detour skipping of twenty four hours. But like you know, still. Provide an actual penalty for skipping tasks. Yeah, the only penalty outside, or the only 24-hour penalty given out recently was the one in Amazing Race Philippines that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, with Anton and Armand uh, getting a 24-hour penalty for ringing home, contacting their mother on the race. But Rex and Bob got the two-hour penalty for quitting the uh, the surfing task last season. They should have just kept on going until they discredited their elbow, or shoulder, whatever. Well, yeah, two hours seems really short for a penalty on the Amazing Race. I mean, it is a huge, that's a 22-hour change from what we saw in Season 1 with Nancy and Emily there, but, uh, but I mean, like, the, like, season, like, later seasons, they changed it to, I think, six hours for a detour, and then it was four hours for a roadblock after the next team arrived at the task. And I think that was a lot more of a sensible number compared to now where it's like just two hours for a route info or active route info task. Um, it should uh, definitely be longer. It should probably be four to six hours, I think. But then we would have lost our beloved Nick and Sabrina and the hilarity of the suit. I'm sure if it was longer, they wouldn't have quit the task because two hours doesn't seem like... Like with them, with their Spanish advantage there... They probably quit the quit the task because they knew they could probably beat at least one team by two hours because of their linguistic advantage. But 
if it was, but yeah, if it was longer, then they would have really hesitated and probably wouldn't have quit the task. Uh, so Nick and Matt use a hopping technique, which Brian and Cynthia and Hamilton and Michaela copy. They cheated. Did you see the comments online? People are accusing the racers of cheating by hopping with a soccer ball as opposed to dribbling with a soccer ball. I was very surprised that Nick and Sabrina didn't work that out given their history of managing to find loopholes. Nick's just not a hopper. Like I said at the start, it's like, you know, he's taught to do it a certain way so he doesn't think outside the box. Maybe the episode title for, uh, for us should be Hopper slash Not a Hopper. And then, uh, yeah, I guess he just didn't uh, play Uniracers when he was younger. I don't know what that is. Video game, Super Nintendo, 1995. Very good. Actually, Steve Jobs sued Nintendo over Uniracers because it was resembled a Pixar thing that I guess he did in the 80s. So that's why there was never a sequel to Uniracers, because Nintendo wasn't allowed to make one. That's why I hate Steve Jobs to this day. I hope he's rolling in his grave. Oh, I'm sure he is. He's. I'm sure that's his one regret, if you uh, look deep within his will and his, uh, his uh, final speech before passing. Monty didn't actually say that they had to dribble the ball, just said he had to go between the cones. So, you know, that loophole is a good idea. But as as we've said many a time... If it was against the rules, they would have got a penalty, and we would have seen the penalty, because given how close all the teams were this leg, it would have uh, affected the standings. Yeah, I wonder if they if they didn't hop, would they all have just not been able to complete the task, and they would still be out there until uh, sunrise? We would have seen an early morning leg as well as a night leg. At least, I guess it didn't matter if it was light or dark out uh, during the task. So, once teams complete the football task, they have to... Ha- uh, have to find El Obelisco to find the next clue, which is the detour, which is dance or dine. So I don't speak I don't speak Spanish, so I'm just going to assume that um, El Obelisco was it actually stands for obelisk, lead giant duck. You can think that, Ben. Oh, sorry, we don't we don't all speak Spanish. Argentinian Spanish. See, that's what. See, we don't know how to speak Spanish because you guys were too lazy to go to South America and instead Spain and Portugal went. You guys went east, and that's why I exist. Evidently from my pronunciation, I don't speak Spanish either. If it's two L's together, you pronounce it as a Y. I don't know whether this podcast is going righto or lefto. Well, what about Rapido? Did anybody say Rapido this week for a poll question? They did, and it was Kristen. She said it three times in a row. Like Beetlejuice? So she said Rapido, Rapido, Rapido? Andale, andale, andale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I made a Nelly reference. Where were we? The detour. Right. Quickest switchback ever, I would say. Yeah. One leg. Yes. Last round, either you uh, memorize and recite words in Spanish, or you do a dance this week. Memorize and recite words in Spanish, or you do a dance. Meanwhile, last season of The Amazing Race Australia, didn't they do the tango in... In Buenos Aires as well? They did indeed, and it was also a detail. It's all they do in uh, Buenos Aires, if I'm not mistaken. It's just tangos and Evita Perón. I am very surprised we didn't see um, a visit to Recoleta, seeing as though that seems to be where they go every single time they go to Buenos yeah. Aires. What? Yeah. I went I, to Chacarita. I... What the hell was I doing? I was at Chacarita Cemetery. Oh, man. I screwed that up. Meanwhile, I don't know. I don't know much about South America, but what I've concluded from the Amazing Race Canada is that all they do in Spain is dance and find 16 different names for one meat. Including Baby Goat, which is the one that they put you out. 
That was Didn't my, Charlotte that was Mirren my... have picked up a baby goat? <laughs> I, I believe they might have, yes. Yeah, like in uh, Amazing Race 5, uh, there was a detour task in the second Egypt leg where Charlotte and Mirna were picking up baby goats and and adult goats and put them on the boat. But, but, but before that, you know you know what always happened? Charlotte screamed at Mirna to put them on my back! Put them on my back! <laughs> what you're saying is Charlotte literally carrying the goats on her back. As opposed to figuratively? Boston Rob literally carrying his family on his back. I'm not familiar. I don't know what you're talking about. Was that just a dream you had or something? Just a dream. Another Nelly reference. <laughs> you know the reference are always funny when you explain them. So, the detour, dance or dine. In dance, surprisingly, teams must learn the tango and perform it correctly to receive the next clue. And in dine, teams must split up, one acting as the chef and one acting as the waiter or waitress, who must learn the menu and take the orders of three patrons, in, respectively, in Spanish. Once the waiter or waitress has served the patrons their meal correctly and told them what it is in Spanish, they receive their next clue. And, because they like to point this out, there are six stations at each detour. Well, it became a plot point, so... Yeah, you know as soon as they say there's only a limited number of stations that somebody's going to come there and, like, get bumped off a table like John and Murray, or get sent back to Dine like Simeon Opie. It's probably the clearest explanation of stations being used uh, for a detour task, I think I've seen. They even had the visual aid of putting six on one side of the screen and then six on the other. That's in case people don't know what the number six is. Also, I think Sabrina might have done something several times. Oh, several? Several. Several times. It was a good strategy, though, in all seriousness. You learn through repetition, especially if you're learning language. That's, uh, you know, that's uh, one of the main things you do. Écouté and répété. Écouté and répété, indeed. Good old high school French coming in handy. And as Nick says, it's a little difficult to get into the tango when your female partner looks like that. Yep, it's the classic, oh, let's, you know, let's make fun of the man dressing up as a woman when dancing and use that as a source of comedy. What deep we can do? We haven't seen that on The Amazing Race a million times. We didn't see it this season either, because that didn't happen. Yeah, at least we didn't get Nick or Matt in bad drag. Uh, and did you notice that Brian did another army-related quote? Brian seems to be the source of unintentional humor at the moment, actually, for that matter. I reckon it's more sim- Cynthia's, fu- Cynthia's funnier. <laughs> yeah, Brian said, I think we're in the Hurt Locker. Oh, Brian. Does that mean he's going to win uh, James Cameron's ex-wife and Oscar over him? He's personally going to win uh, James Cameron's ex-wife and Oscar. That's what I thought. So it's Nick and Sabrina leaving Dine in first, shockingly. Shocker! Do you think that the Spanish helped them out at the task? Do you think that... Do you think... No. Sabrina I speaking think... fluent Argentine Spanish is what helped them complete it fast? Not even a little bit. No? Okay. Did you notice the editing mistake that appeared when Nick and Sabrina got their clue? No. Nick and Matt's um, graphic appeared. Is this like Sani Gago type air where it's the last for one second? No, it lasted the entirety of Nick and Sabrina reading their clue. It said Nick and Matt currently in first place. Well, they both share one. Well, those two teams, they have a partner that shares the same name, so they share I guess three that's letters. not a crazy uh, mix-up. Yeah, but it's pretty offensive to call Sabrina Matt. And Nick also snatched the clue. Is he like Dujan? He's also a snatcher? Snatcher slash not a snatcher. Uh, Neil and Kristen left dance in second. Uh, Nick and Matt left dance in third. Gina and Jesse in fourth. Surprisingly, Dujon and Leilani chose dance. Uh, Simeon OP left dine in sixth. Brent and Sean left dine in seventh. Hamilton and Michaela left dance in eighth. Brian and Cynthia 
left Dance in ninth, and Dana and Amanda left Dine in tenth. Was the meat wrong? Was the meat wrong? Was the meat wrong? Did oh. Brad and Sean have a celebratory vomit? They didn't. Their, their vomit count is, is still only at one. They're still 16 behind Spoonie. I'm very disappointed. It's a weird sub. It's a weird subplot to introduce in the first episode that never comes up again. And the pit stop is the Puente de la Mujer. The last team to check in here may receive an inspirational speech from Brian about being police officers. Oh, they might be eliminated. What was great about Dean and Amanda just threw these two legs in uh, Chile and Argentina is that it's one of the most anglophone style runs I think I've seen a team go through in a Spanish in Spanish speaking countries. That was that was pretty fun to watch, I must admit. I don't think there's too many Spanish speakers in Newfoundland and Labrador. And Nick and Sabrina are first to the pit stop. Yay However they have to serve a two hour penalty for quizzing on the football task. How is that possible? The pro soccer player quitting the soccer task? Oh, that's crazy. How is that possible? <laughs> yes, I'm sure Bethany Hamilton was watching the Amazing Race Canada last night. I hope so. <laughs> How is that possible? Nick and Sabrina are my favourites. So Nick and Sabrina's penalty leaves Neil and Kristen, who, can I point out, three out of the four of us in the pool picked as going out this week, winning the leg... Holy crap, holy. They won two tickets to Beijing and six months petrol each. They should have won two tickets to Halifax. Continuing the theme of, here's some uh, tickets to somewhere you're going to next time. You get two, two tickets in premium economy from Air Canada to Halifax, Nova Scotia. <laughs> oh my oh. gosh! And then they, Neil can make some sort of CFL reference where... He had a training camp in Halifax one time 25 years ago, back when he had an awesome mustache. And very close, second was Gino and Jesse, third, Nick and Matt. Victory! And then Dijon and Leilani, Simeon Opie, Brennan, Sean, Hamilton and Michaela. I have to point out that we did have a deleted scene with Hamilton and Michaela this week, I guess, online, where Michaela um, elaborated that she she is a... She is First Nations. She is ab- of Aboriginal heritage. So our discussion over the past couple of weeks that there is yet to be an Arab- Aboriginal person on the Amazing Race Canada is not entirely true because Michaela is actually the first co- uh, Aboriginal contestant. And why haven't they mentioned that? Should have turned out with Suzette. And then uh, Michaela said that Suzette was such an inspiration for being the first Aboriginal yeah, person yeah, to yeah. appear on the Canadian reality show. And then Suzette just cussed out Michaela and took her down a peg, sadly. Suzette, better than your favorite. You've been annoying me all week, Michaela. <laughs> so, Mickey. Off. I wonder what Michaela's nickname is for Suzette. Is it Susie? And Nick and Sabrina's penalty finishes, leaving them in eight. And then Brian and Cynthia just beating out Dana and Amanda to ninth place, leaving Dana and Amanda with an inspirational speech from Brian. And also eliminated. And also eliminated, yeah. I'm not sure which is worse. I don't think that... I know, Michael, you said earlier that you thought that the footage was manipulated to make it look like it was really close, but there was there was one shot of Nick and Sabrina being on the pit stop mat, and then Brian and Cynthia and Dane and Amanda both sprinting to run to the mat. So I think it really was a difference of just one minute between Nick and Sabrina staying alive and being eliminated from the race. If Nick hesitated to throw in the towel... 
by just one minute, it would have made all the difference. I'd extend that to about, like, about five minutes because there is that post check-in interview they need to do at the, at the match that they do all, all the always do. So I'm guessing I'm guessing that they saw they that, that Brian and Cynthia lumbered, lumbered interview about like around the end of the interview. Yeah, I mean those interviews can last anywhere up to like half an hour because they want to get loads of stuff for to clip together when John wants to talk to people about certain things, especially when uh, it's Nick and Sabrina after what they just went through. Well, they they have lasted up to half an hour before, Ben. They usually can last between about five and ten minutes unless you're Pierre and the Michels. But if a team has done a lot in that episode, like Nick and Sabrina quitting the task, they will they can go on for about half an hour, especially if they're not expecting more teams in. Well, it's still only the start of the race. There's not really that much to talk about. Like, so you so uh, I, I can't do a John I can't do a John Montgomery impression. So don't make me try. So you guys so you guys quit the quit the. It's into task here. How did that feel? Talk talk for a few minutes and then... So, you guys speak Spanish and did a Spanish-speaking task. How does that feel? Speak for a few minutes. So, I think at, at most it take like 10 minutes. Yeah, we'll see how big their lead on Brian and Cynthia is next week. I would be surprised if it's less than about half an hour. I'd be surprised if it was more than, 10, more than 10 minutes. I'd be surprised if it's any more than 4 minutes. I, I must say I appreciated Simi and Opie's just going through all the tests throughout the course of, like, there's something about them that just just uh, that just made me chuckle all throughout the episode, just the way that they communicate, and OP being all flustered with, you know, taxis at the embassy, or, uh, you know, just getting really frustrated during the detour when they were switching back and forth between tasks. There's just a way that it's fun to watch them on TV go through, uh, to go through each of these legs, especially uh, outside of Canada. Is the thing that you appreciate the fact that they wore, oh, this Opie wore an eye patch and a poncho in, and a sombrero in his picture on Twitter this week? That might be about 30% of the reason, yes. There's a shot. Yeah, they seem to be, they seem to be like a, a, a part of that group of, um, I'm not even sure there's a name for it, but, but there's like an entire subset of people who appear on reality television that, they're either completely plot irrelevant or don't get much screen time, but when they do get screen time, they they really make they really fill up a lot of content. Like um, this example means nothing to you guys, but in the, in the 2008 series in Big Brother Australia, there was this chick who um, she was on the show for three weeks. Out of the 20, epi- 20 episodes she was in, 19 of them she was basically a background character. She had, she had like a tiny tiny subplot of oh I'm I'm I don't really want to be here. I'm up, I might quit, but then the 20th one she fills it up with like a lot of content. Like she makes she makes friends with someone, she gets drunk, she causes a fight, she basically fills up with a lot of meaningful con- content, but then she leaves the next episode and so on. Oh, Australia! But that's what I was getting at. Like, um, Simeon Opis, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that not, that they haven't got much like a story so far. So I'm guessing that when they do get a story, they're going to be eliminated the ne- that leg. Because so I see them like with the content again, they're very likable. When when we, when we get content, this this leg was a good example of that. When we get content, and I really I really like them as well. I mean, I know Logan likes analysing in his blog, doing the um, the recaps of all the seasons, who gets mentioned in the intros. But it was Hamilton of Kayla, Dana and Amanda, and Gino and Jesse, outside of Susan and Sean getting eliminated this week. So I was kind of sure that Nick and Sabrina were safe, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't expect Nick and Sabrina to go home at all this week. I'm expecting them to pretty much be there at the end, because all I have to do is look at the Amazing Race Canada official page, and everybody is hating Nick and Sabrina so much that I think it's pretty evident that producers are deliberately making them controversial 
so that they have the team for everybody to talk about for the whole season, especially in the first episode when they're in dead last. Sabrina didn't even run for the first half of the first leg, and then Nick finds this loophole, and suddenly they're in second. And then, of course, Sabrina's fit through the roadblock there. And then 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 this episode, uh, they take a two-hour penalty on a task that everyone assumed they would do well at, and then all of the other teams are able to complete it, but yet one of those other teams still ends up being eliminated anyway. It'll give us a lot to talk about during the season. They're this season's uh, Holly and Brett. Yeah, all, all this season's Pierre and Michelle. I wouldn't even say Pierre and Michelle. I would say, well, obviously the Quebecois connection, but I... I'd say in terms of people bitching about them already, I'd say Suki and Jinder. Because Suki and Jinder got a lot of abuse in the first couple of weeks on the Talk Facebook page. Mm, Was it the well, same as like Holly and Brett's, the reaction that people had to Holly and Brett, though? I would say this definitely, because like Holly and Brett, where Holly was not that physically fit, and people hated her for, for that. And then, of course, uh, just the way that they did some of the tasks, I think that it's a more appropriate uh, comparison. So, next time, uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, as we already mentioned, bridge climbs, lobsters, kegs, and a lost passport all make an appearance. Finally, they're going back to Canada where they belong. (laughs) (laughs) Back to your hole. (laughs) Come on, guys, maybe we'll get Canadian dollars on the card this week. It'd be funny if they still give them American dollars for a Canadian leg. That would be great. I thought this was supposed to be Amazing Race Canada, not Amazing Race US dollars. I can't believe they're going to Halifax, though, because they already went there in Season 1, and the preview for next week shows them doing a fishing task, which we see in every single Atlantic Canada leg uh, since the first season of the show. And... And then there's a transporting task, which happens in almost every Atlantic Canada leg. And uh, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a whole lot to it. Uh, I just find Atlantic Canada to be a very, very boring region to visit on this show. I've gone on record saying that I hate Atlantic Canada legs, with the exception of one, which is PEI last year. Every Atlantic Canada leg has been weak with the exception of PEI, because, you know, seeking gender ownage and Ryan and Rob having to search through a pile of poop. But I'm quietly confident that it's not going to be dreadful. Will it be as good as the past couple of legs? Probably not. Watch as Nick and Sabrina get eliminated next week. <laughs> yeah, I'll be so depressed if that happens. In the same way that I'm depressed with Suki and Jinder going out thanks to Atlantic Canada. With Neil and Kristen, for them winning this leg, there isn't really a whole lot for us to talk about them other than Kristen trying really hard to get that express pass and, uh, you know, that request going nowhere with Hamilton and Michaela. No, they didn't get a an impressive edit given that they won the leg. They got content. They just, like, it, they're just not, like, they're just, like, they're, they got content. They're just not memorable content. Yeah. Like, It would be like if Stephen... My, my one memory of them this leg was them, like, sort of, like, a... Kristen just sort of like maniacally leaning over at Hamilton McHale. It's like, um, so how much you had to kiss your ass to get the express pass? <laughs> it was so it awkward it at the airport. It wasn't as creepy as you were making out to be, Michael, but... Yeah, that conversation at the airport may have done more harm than good for uh, Neil and Kristen. I mean, normally I would ask who do you think is going to get the second express pass, but it is the bonus question for the pool this week, so I can't really ask that. I have already done my predictions there. Brian and Cynthia. Uh, yeah, it won't be Brian and Cynthia, obviously. Dana and Amanda. 
Yeah, Hamilton and Michaela, what they should have done was just given it to the last team who were left at the tango task that they knew they were going to beat. Just burn it off. But, you know, game theory, they've got to give it out next week. Yeah, and it probably won't matter at all given the history of the express passes. We can hope. I want rid of the express pass by the end of next week, preferably. It mattered last season. Like, it helped build, it helped build up Pierre Michel's villain edit. But then they completely wasted it on the Whiskey Dicks test, didn't they? They got first. They probably used it in the right way for them, but I wouldn't have used it there. So yeah, anything else to add about this week? Little Breton Sean content, and Dana and Amanda nearly got ran over by that bus on the way to the pit stop. Now that would and have been a crazy oh, ending. Breton Sean content, that was that dog that helped them get that helped them fly a cab at the start of the leg. Oh yeah, that dog nearly got ran over. Oh man, that was scary. Well, not scary. It's just like you know, we'll we'll win this do- we'll win this leg for you. I like Dujan and Leilani's jazz hands at the pit stop. I like Duj- I like Dujan and, Le- and Leilani in general. Yes, I agree. Given that Logan had them ranked at number eleven last week, as his prediction of where they were going to go, I'm happy with them. I don't think they can win, but I don't think we'll be seeing them get eliminated anytime soon. All the teams I'd want to win, they I can't really see them edit wise winning. So this is a shame. On that note, do we think it's going to be a non-elimination next week? Because I don't think it is, but then again, if it's not next week, then it's probably going to be about leg six, because I suspect we'll have a double battle in leg five. There's still there's only going to be two non-elimination legs this season, correct? I'd assume so, unless they do an extra non-elimination and a double elim, like Philippines 2 did. Or Amazing Race 19. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen either. I think for Amazing Race Canada, they tend to keep the twist pretty minimal. I mean, we still haven't had the the double battle, also, a.k.a. Uh, face-off as of yet. No, I I know it's going to be a final three. I've had it confirmed that it's final three. I don't know who it's going to be, but we're not going to see the surprise final four in the final. I think we'll have a non-elimination about... It'll be either five or six, and probably about eight or nine. And, of course, nine being next week. So, yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back next week for another Amazing Race Canada episode, and Lord knows I can't guarantee who's going to be here apart from me and Logan. If you enjoyed the show, and even if you didn't, please subscribe on iTunes and give us a like on the YouTube video. And if you want to see what we're rambling about this week, our Twitters are in the descriptions of everything as well. And if you missed mine and Logan's interview with Mike and Michelle from Amazing Race 26, that's also available on the iTunes feed. As now is Ben and Michelle's mega interview with Kat and Jesse, which you can find linked on the video as well. Thank you again. Hashtag. Bye. Bye. Hashtag. 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 Bye.